This workshop's going to be about the nine principles of change. And I'm sure if you look around or think about people in your environment, there's some people you know who somehow sail through a job loss and they sail through, you know, losing a parent. And other people, it's just they just get stuck and they just, there's no sort of ability to move forward. And what I found was from interviewing people that there really are some principles that make people good at change. I didn't know what they were going in. I didn't know if I had these principles. So I really had no preconceived notions, but I was like, there must be a way to find out what people who are good at change, what they do, what they think, what they feel, what they believe. Just like the seven habits of highly effective people, these are like the nine principles of change. If you want to handle change well, any change in your life, here are some of the principles. So before we get started, I want everyone to take out their pads and answer a few of these questions. I want to bring sort of everyone into your life, your choices, your change. Here is the first question. Answer this question. Are you good at change, yes or no? One word. Yes or no? Don't look over at your neighbor. This is about your change. Your change, are you good at change, yes or no? Second question, someone that knows you well, would they say you're good at change, yes or no? Sometimes our perception of ourselves is very different. Some people would say, oh, she's great at change. And you're like, oh my God, not at all, I hate it. So the ability you have to influence someone else who actually does think you're good at change is very different. Third question, what is the best change that you've ever made? Best change you've ever made. Fourth question. What is the hardest change you've ever gotten through? Hardest change, didn't think you were gonna get through it. Took every ounce out of you. Every bit of faith, hope, prayer, friends. Hardest change you've ever gotten through. Do not be surprised sometimes if the best change you've ever made was also the hardest change you made. That certainly has happened for quite a few people. Sometimes a divorce is the hardest change, but it can also be the best. Next change, next question. What is a change that you would love to make? You get one change. What is a change you would love to make? What is the number one excuse that's in the way of that change? Write it down, this is for you. I'm not gonna get you to share. Two more questions. What is the number one belief that you go to during times of change in your life? Number one belief. Life sucks. I'm unlucky. This too shall pass. God is on my side. What should I eat? Number one belief you go to, it could be positive or negative, but it is your belief and it, it is pretty much ruling your life. Could be good, could be disempowering. Final question, rate yourself, scale of one to 10. I want you guys to give, each, give yourselves a change quotient. Scale of one to 10, one is you hate change, you're terrible at change, you never wanna change, change is the worst thing. You are the change pessimist of the century. Those are the ones in the room. Tens are, you're good at change, you love change, you embrace change, you know that change is on your side, life is good. Where are you on the scale of one to 10? Just place yourself. So everyone got their questions answered? 
All good? Okay, so now you get a sense of sort of where you are, what's going on, you know, how good you are at change, where it's coming. So here are the, the nine principles of change. I'm going to go through these. I'm going to leave about 10, 15 minutes at the end for any questions that you have. Um, we can take it from there. The first principle, people who successfully navigate change have positive beliefs. People who successfully navigate change have positive beliefs. They are optimists. Beliefs about what? Beliefs about themselves, beliefs about life, and beliefs about that specific change. So beliefs about yourself. What you say to yourself is either keeping you trapped or giving you your freedom. So what you say when you look at yourself in the mirror, what you say when you interact with someone is either hypercritical or kind. So I want you to write down, what is the worst thing you tell yourself consistently? I am fat. I am an idiot. I am not good enough, or all three of these. But what is the worst thing you tell yourself? Because people who are good at change, people who are good at change have positive beliefs about themselves. They have high self-esteem. They believe that you know, they have something worthy. They are a gift. So where are you the scale of I have positive beliefs about myself or my beliefs about myself suck? People who are good at change have positive beliefs about life. You heard me say the Einstein quote. They believe life is not conspiring against them. They believe that life is on their side, life is conspiring for good. If a job was taken away, it's because something better is coming. Life is on your side. That is the belief of a change optimist. Beliefs about the specific change you're going through. So is, for example, losing a job a bad thing? Or could it be the greatest gift ever? Most people I know who've lost a job have eventually moved into, thank God this happened. When you're in the midst of the change, it's horrible, you will never get to that place. But with some level of perspective, divorce, is divorce the worst thing or is divorce a gift? That's the quality of belief that I'm talking about. So whatever change it is for you that you're thinking about, you believe certain things about that change. It's a good thing, it's a bad thing, it's a worse thing. So just look at the belief that you are currently sort of you know, holding on to. Does it help you? Does it hurt you? Where do beliefs come from? Beliefs come from what I call the tribe. The tribe is your family, number one. The tribe is from society. There's beliefs that are thrown on us as women, where women are supposed to fill in the blank. There's a lot of tribal beliefs that are being thrown at us, where we're supposed to do one thing and we're not supposed to do another. Those are not your beliefs. Those are the tribe's beliefs. You must reconnect with what do I personally choose to believe? Can I personally choose to become an author? Can I personally choose to become a single mother? Whatever it is that's important for you. It's not meant to be sort of the beliefs that are being thrown at us consistently. But really sort of looking at, you know, are beliefs a good thing? Are beliefs a negative thing for you? What is the worst belief that holds you back? People who are good at change have positive beliefs. You know, we might not know what's going to happen in the future, but I can assure you that the optimist will have a better job with it than the pessimist. So, it's like, which, which camp do you go into? Another thing, principle number one, is people who are good at change are open-minded. They're open-minded. They do not know how things are going to turn out. 
they do not think the worst. They do not say there's never going to be another relationship or another job or another, you know, financial sort of abundance. They are open-minded. So look at how open are you into letting answers, letting life guide you to something new and different. People who are good at change are open-minded. Principle number two is what I affectionately call the change guarantee. The change guarantee states that from this change, something good will come. This is by far my favorite belief. Write this down. From this change, something good will come. I have this written in my bathroom. I have this written by my phone. I have this written in my office. So that when something happens, I can always look at that and go, from this situation, something good will come. I don't necessarily know what it is. I'll give you a very quick story. When my book was going to print, six weeks before it went to print, my publisher called me up and said, we're not printing your book. And I've just written a whole book on change, right? And the universe is definitely testing me to make sure that I've gotten these principles and that I'm, you know, I can actually stand up in integrity and go, I've been through this change guarantee stuff, that something good will come from it. But I remember putting the phone down and going, that's great. And the reason they didn't publish the book is they chose to just publish Christian books. And this book is a very open-minded, spiritual, there's quotes from Buddha and Gandhi and old Jesus, and it's a very open-minded book. So I was not on the Christian list that survived the change in publisher, right? Life does that kind of thing. So here I am sort of staring at myself, my quote and my manuscript going, well, that's great. What kind of change is that about? And I made myself live that principle. For the next four weeks, I did not participate in the negative beliefs. Life's against me, doesn't want me to write a book. Here are the 10 reasons why I'm unlucky. I'm the, right, very natural thing. That probably lasted about five minutes. And I was like, I will not go into this. And I kept telling myself, something better is around the corner. Something good will come. Basically, within six weeks, I had another publisher, much better publisher, HarperCollins, who gave me twice as much money. But I tell you, I needed to reread my book, and I did. I needed to reread my book. So these are not principles that you kind of, you know, you get a shot in the arm and you're done. These are principles for life. If you can really sort of hang on to the belief of what I call the change guarantee, um, it will radically transform your life. Teach it to your kids, write it down, teach it to your colleagues. Um, here's work for you guys now. What is a path change that's happened to you that was incredibly tough that something good came from it? So difficult thing that happened, what was something good that came from it? So it could be any form of relationship breakup, what happened? I'll give you a few of mine. I didn't get into the college of my choice. I went to a much better college. I, you know, broke up with people, much better men came along afterwards. I didn't get the job that I thought I was gonna get. I'm doing something that I much prefer doing. So what are some changes that you're like, you know, this was incredibly hard to get through, but eventually I can pinpoint, thank, because of this, I met my husband. Because of this, I am finally now doing X. Because of this, I took control of my health. I got off an addiction. I quit smoking. Difficult change. What good came from it? People who are good at change think abundance. They don't think scarcity. So of all the people I interviewed, for example, people who'd lost a job, someone who's good at change is going to go, 
there are other jobs out there. Someone who's bad at change is going to go, there are no jobs out there. Very different type of people. So, you know, someone breaks up, there's no more men in New York City. That used to be me. <laughs> As opposed to there's plenty of men, right? The universe is abundant. There is more. There is more of what it is that you're looking for. So a lot of people are like, there's not enough money. Not enough money, not enough money, not enough money. You get scarcity when you sort of close up. There's more money coming. I don't know how, but there's more money coming. I expect abundance. People who are good at change have a much more abundant mindset. I'm seeing some people nod. I know that I used to have some scarcity in a few areas of my life, but what areas of your life do you, you have a scarcity mindset versus an abundant mindset? Last point on the change guarantee. People who are good at change, as I said, they, they look for something good. They look for the gift. They look for the lesson. How do they find it? There's something that I call the language of life, right? This is not the English language or any of the other languages that I speak. This is the language of life. Life is always trying to communicate with you. Life communicates with you through signs, synchronicity, coincidences, Someone sitting next to you telling you about a book, telling you about a job, telling you about a person, you sitting in front of a TV show, something hits you, you get an idea. Life is constantly communicating with you. And it's not necessarily through words and language. Like I'm consistently, I'm on a treasure hunt on a daily basis looking for answers that life is trying to give me. I'll give you a very silly little example. There's a lot of taxi cabs in New York City I am rushing off to a meeting, this was about a year ago, and I you know, put my hand out and three taxi cabs show up in front of me. And I'm thinking, well, this is quite interesting. So now I have a choice of what taxi cab to go into. And I choose one specific taxi cab, don't know why. I sit down in the taxi, and there is a USA Today paper, and the entire first page is about change in America. Okay, not in any of the other two taxi cabs. Change in America, how men and women go through change, how much change you know, we're going through in the cities versus in the countryside. And I just went, wow, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm constantly looking for what are the signs. Like you are part of a connected network. We're not these individual beings sort of walking around having our own lives. Everyone is connected and their life is constantly trying to communicate with you. So just start having this antenna on your head. What is it that life might be trying to tell me? Because they are glowing signs in front of you. And it's just a matter of, again, being open-minded and going, huh, maybe that's not just luck or a coincidence. Maybe that's life actually trying to tell me something. Third principle of change. People who are good at change know that they are stronger, more powerful, more resilient, more intuitive than they've ever been told. You have what I call a change muscle. We are born with a change muscle. Think of it, in the first nine months of your life, you went through more change than you will ever go through in the next 100 years of your life. Your DNA is meant for change. If your body didn't change every second, you would immediately die. At the end of the day, your body is completely different. You, we are wired for change. Our minds are not wired for change. As I said this morning, most people go into the, I hate change, I'm bad at change, I resist change, I feel overwhelmed by change. That is your mind basically blocking 
the reality, which is you are actually much, much better at change than you've ever been told. As women, we have all gone through an enormous amount of changes. If I had more time, I would make you create your change resume. Write down change resume. If you get 10 minutes, I want you basically to write down all the changes you've ever been through, from falling in love, breaking up, graduating, getting jobs, losing jobs, losing weight, getting married, having kids, miscarriages, cancer, losing parents, moving, buying homes, making money. You guys are much, much better at change than you've ever been told. Much better at change. So the whole I'm terrible at change, there isn't a single person in this room that if I had you know, five minutes with, I can't point to a significant amount of changes that you've, got, you've gotten through. You know, we've gotten through parents getting divorced. We've gotten through someone being depressed. We, some of us have quit smoking. Some of us have, you know, gone through a tremendous amount of change. And this is the most radical mind, mind shift, which is this, like, I'm bad at change, as women should never be coming out of our mouths. You are much, much better at change than you've ever been told. Your change muscle has a memory. Your body has a memory of every change you've ever been through every change that you've ever initiated and gotten through, but the changes you remember are the changes you haven't gotten through, right? You're a loser, you still haven't lost the 10 pounds. That's the change, that's the voice that you keep giving the microphone to, but the reality is you actually have achieved an enormous amount of change already. So that, that change muscle has a memory. Your body is a combination of all the changes you've ever made, initiated, helped someone through, and thought of. There's a stacking effect to, uh, to the change muscle. So there's really this ability, you get stronger and stronger the more changes you made. I've made some significant difficult changes so that now when change is happening, I just sort of go, okay, I'm gonna let this one happen. So it's like you get better and better the more changes that you actually start making. You know, the, the, there's a Chinese text called the Tao Te Ching, which is a 3,000 year old text. It's actually a lot older than the Bible. It's one of my favorite, favorite text. Tao Te Ching is spelled T-A-O-T-E-C-H-I-N-G. And there's a beautiful uh, quote in there that says, you know, hidden in any misfortune is good fortune. Hidden in any misfortune is good fortune. So there's always two sides to sort of how you see things. So whatever thing it is that, you know, you might be struggling with right now, there is some sort of good fortune that's coming. In addition to a change muscle, people who are good at change have a letting go muscle. Whenever you go through change, life is going to ask you to let go of something. Let go of a person, let go of a belief, let go of a job, let go of an idea about how you thought life was going to work out. That letting go muscle, you must find it. A lot of us are like, keep, 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 right? And every time life, even good changes, for anyone in the room who's going through a good change, a lot of us struggle with good changes. Getting married, difficult change. Having a baby, difficult change. Why is that? Because every change requires you letting go of something. When you get married, you gotta let go of something. When you have a child, you let go of something. When you lose weight, you let go of something. You let go of a story and an excuse that's in the way of you being able to interact with people at a much more deeper, intimate level, which is what weight often is for people. So write down this question, what is the number one thing you need to let go of? Is it a story? Is it a person? What is toxic? But there's something that needs to be let go of. That muscle, you've got to start flexing the letting go muscle. 
When you let go of something and you create space for it, life fills it up. If you're not letting go of anything, there's not much space to bring you anything new. Okay, principle number four. What I call your change demons. People who are good at change do not get stuck in a certain emotional pattern. There are certain emotions that pretty much guarantee show up during change. I found about six in all the interviews that I came, kept going through. The emotions are fear, doubt, impatience, blame, shame, and guilt. So, what do we do with these emotions? There is one of those emotions you can circle right now that gets your attention all the time. Are you the sort of person that blames? Someone else always get the blame energy. You blame the guy, and you blame the boss, and you blame the kid, and you blame the economy, and you blame the weather. Some of us are in the blame energy. Some of us are in the fear energy. Some of us are in the impatience energy. We're not okay in this time of transition. We're between two trapezes. We're in that void. And there's another trapeze here that has your name on it, right? You can even see it in the distance, but you can't quite hang on to it just yet. But you're in that period between. And it doesn't matter that every single time before, you've always caught the trapeze, right? None of you have crashed in the rocks below. You're here in front of me. You have always caught the next trapeze that's right for you. So the thing to let go of is really the time element of when I'm going to be able to hang on to that trapeze. The most important thing with the change demons is this. People who are good at change allow themselves to be human. They allow themselves to be human. They allow themselves to feel those emotions. Believe it or not, it is worse to not feel fear than it is to feel it. And many of you are in the, I'm not going to feel fear, I'm not going to feel fear, I'm not going to feel fear. So you don't leave the job, or you don't leave the guy, or you don't you know, go off and write a book or a screenplay or whatever it is that is you know, your dream. The emotion that you are resisting is the emotion that's ruling your life. I'm going to say that again. The emotion that you are resisting is the emotion that's ruling your life. If you're not feeling the fear, you need to start feeling it. It's powerful. We are, especially as women, we need to be given permission to be human. And it means feeling all of it. I won't tell you how often a week I cry. Not because I'm sad, just because I have emotion moving through me. And I've got to let it out. Doesn't mean I let it out in front of the thousand people, but I have to let it out. If I, of course I have fear. Every time I get up and speak, I have fear. I mean, I'd be, I wouldn't be human if I didn't. Every great speaker that I've seen, that I've you know, learned from, feels fear. So it's not about getting rid of any of these emotions. It's actually about replacing them with something else eventually. But it's also about giving yourself permission to feel them. So I'll give you the antidotes. There's a lot in the book about these emotions because a lot of people get stuck on one. So the antidote to fear is faith. And it could be faith in anything. It could be faith in yourself. It could be someone else having faith in you. It could be faith in something bigger that's going to guide you through. I always do a whole meditation before I get up and speak, and I basically give it up to something bigger to actually speak through me. I'm not sort of, you know, trying to be perfect. People who are good at change are not trying to be perfect. It's not about having ridiculously high standards. People who are good at change, people who lose weight, for example, people who get their New Year's resolutions, they give themselves a lot more time than other people, 
And it's not about, oh my God, I fell off the wagon, I'm not perfect, and you stop. Or I made one phone call, they turned me down, they rejected me, and you stop. It's actually about keeping going. It's not about being perfect. It's not about hitting it right away. It's actually about staying sort of in. So the antidote to fear is faith. The antidote to doubt that whatever situation you're in is permanent. It's never going to go away. It's never going to change. The antidote to, to doubt is surrender. Surrendering to life. There are things that have happened to every one of us in this room that we never expected, both positive and negative. That will keep going, I promise you. You've got to surrender to life. Life is embracing you. You are allowed to rest in the comfort of life. Antidote to doubt is surrender. The antidote to impatience, believe it or not, is not patience. The antidote to impatience is endurance. Change takes time, change takes work, change takes a lot out of you. Change will take energy, and we're gonna talk about this a little later. But endurance comes with having the energy to sort of commit to doing something new, for allowing something else to move into. So for people who are impatient, my number one recommendation is to take care of your health, believe it or not. Because when you are impatient, you do not have enough energy to just keep going, to keep running the marathon, to keep going. You want the instant, immediate fix, which is familiar for people who usually have weight issues. I want it now, immediately, as opposed to I'm gonna keep going. The antidote to, there's a lot more on these. The antidote to impatience is endurance. The antidote to blame is responsibility. Your responsibility, the other person's responsibility, leaving it with them. Really, what, what can I do about it? Blame never achieves anything. Blame always keeps you stuck on the other side of solutions. So if you're in blame, you're basically not allowing yourself to move into something new that's waiting for you that has your name on it. The antidote to guilt is forgiveness. Big one. Who do you need to forgive? What in yourself do you need to forgive? The antidote to guilt is forgiveness. We feel guilty about everything as women. Guilt is a very big one. It showed up a lot more in women than it did in men. Antidote to guilt is forgiveness. Ask yourself that question, who do you need to forgive? Because change will happen in a much more positive way once you let go of that, it's holding you back. The last one, the antidote to shame, believe it or not, is honor. You must honor what has happened in your life. I sometimes in workshops have people come up and go, you know, and they come up and they go, I honor the fact that I'm the woman who got through breast cancer. I'm the woman who got divorced. I'm the woman who, got an abortion. I'm, things that are tough for people to honor. But I have people really sort of own their space and own their life and go, I honor the fact that I'm single, as opposed to being ashamed of it, you know? So it's like, what is it in your life that you need to bring some honor to, as opposed to, I hope no one ever finds out about this. I'm going to go put it over here, and I hope no one ever sees it again in my entire life or ever asks me about it. Bring your stuff in the light. You, the more it's in the light, the more it actually transforms. The, the less energy you're sort of holding back going, I hope no one ever knows that. Fill in the blanks. A real, you know, there's a real sort of journey to do through shame and guilt. But once you get to the other side and you go, I honor the fact that I'm having a hard time right now. 
you know, it is who you are. But this whole message around these emotions is you have permission to be human. It's not about getting rid of them. You're allowed to, to drive the car and put fear in the passenger seat. I do it a lot of the times. You're allowed to sort of keep going and go, okay, I recognize you. This fear is happening, but it's not the thing that's keeping you stuck. So if you haven't done it already, just circle the change demon that's most significant for you, that needs a little bit of love and attention and care, which is the one that you think is, uh, is holding you back on change. Principle number five is my favorite and most challenging one for me personally. How's that for honesty? Principle number five, people who are good at change accept change. They let go of the resistance towards something that's happened. They are much quicker at saying, I have lost my job, I accept it. When you are on the side of resistance, there is no opening, no possibilities, no doors opening, no one really is gonna be out there helping you. Once there's sort of, I accept that my husband has cheated on me. I accept that I've lost money in the market. There's a lot of power that comes with saying, I accept, I accept that I have a health challenge going on. I accept. On the other side is where solutions start happening. Little story for you, just sort of an analogy that sort of can really explain this. Imagine life is a river, right? And you are there sort of walking down the river, you are there sort of floating down the river and change happens, any type of change. You will do one of two things if you're a human being, not an animal or a fish. If you are a human being, you will do one of two things. You will either cling to the first rock, okay? So you're gonna hang out, you're gonna grab the rock, and you're gonna stop going in the direction of the river. Cling, 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 no way I'm going down there, much too dangerous, this thing has changed. At least this rock is comfortable and familiar, I'm gonna hold on to it. There's another group of you that are gonna do something but different. You're gonna start rowing back upstream. So you're gonna row back and you're gonna go, I want the body back, I want the health back, I want the money back, I want the career back. Okay, so there's two things. Clinging to a rock in a moving river called life and rowing back upstream is very tiring. It's very draining. It's why change becomes hard. When you actually let go of the oars and you're like, I've gotta, go, I've gotta keep going. I don't know where I'm heading. I don't know the direction of the river, but the river, river will always take you in the right direction. You gotta let go of the clinging, of the holding on, of the I wish this hadn't changed. How can I, how can I sort of you know, try and get what I used to have back? You've got to let it go. That's the principle of acceptance. You know, I go through my own share of things and I keep on reminding myself, Ariane, you gotta accept this. It is what it is. It doesn't mean you can't do anything about it but there's a level of acceptance that comes um, before. So with that said, you know what my question is gonna be, right? What is the number one thing that you need to accept in your life right now? You know I love quotes, right? Here's another lovely quote, Byron Katie. Anyone read Byron Katie? She's a lovely author. Her book is, um, what is the name of her book? Loving What Is. When you argue with reality, you lose but only 100% of the time. A lot of us arguing with reality right now. You lose every single time. The quicker you get on the side of life and go, okay, this is what's real, that's when you can actually access that change muscle and get through it. Principle number six, I'm gonna run through these. People who are good at change know what they can control and what they cannot control. 
A lot of us are going after trying to control things we cannot control. The things you can control are your words, your questions, your language, your beliefs, your thoughts, how much you allow yourself to feel. That is it. You cannot control someone else or the economy or the news or your kids or your parents or anyone else. I'm going to repeat those. Things you can control. Words you use. You go through a terrible day. Do you come back and you go, this was a disastrous day. It was the worst day of my life. It's never going to get any worse. It was a nightmare. Sound familiar? Very toxic language. Doesn't help. People who are good at change have very different language. Different questions, what I call change optimist questions. Change happens. What could be good about this? What can I learn from this? How could this be a gift? Who can help? Powerful question. What else in my life hasn't changed? Typically, this is what happens. One little thing changes in your life, and the story is that everything's changed in your life. And the reality is there's a lot of things that haven't changed in your life. One area in your life has changed. So that the, allowing yourself to not sort of dramatize the difference between reality and the illusion of what's happened. One thing over here is real. The illusion of what you think this now means is an illusion. Expectations, another big one. What we expect when we go through change. People who are good at change do not necessarily know what to expect on the other side. They just know that there is going to be something coming. They don't expect the next perfect thing. They drop their expectations. We all have a lot of expectations that we're carrying, and we're not sort of allowing ourselves to just see what it is life actually has planned for us. We have a lot of stories that we're carrying. I think I mentioned that on stage this morning. You know, I had the story about why I was single, and I had the story about why I was heavy, and I had the story about why I was living in New York, and I had the story about why I was in the business world. I had a lot of stories, and I remember the story, for example, of why I was single. One of my best friends in New York, I was telling her the story yet again, and she basically said to me, I'm really done with the story. I'm done with the story, I can't hear it anymore. And you know, I just, I don't tell the story anymore. And it was very challenging for her to say that, both to me, and it was very challenging for me to hear it. You know, and I had the story of why there were no guys in New York, and why guys this, and why God. I had a huge story around it. But you gotta drop the story before something else new sort of shows up. So there is a story, I promise you, that you keep running. You really must drop the story. You've gotta drop the story, because that's where change shows up. You have a story as to why you can't find a job, or as to why you, know, you can't lose the weight, or why you can't quit smoking. You can either keep having your story, or you can get your change. And that's really up to you to decide which one you want. You can have your story until for the next few years, but you can also drop it. Principle number seven. People who are good at change know that there is something bigger going on. There is something bigger going on. And I know that sounds vague. I mean, in the chapter in the book, I describe it as find your spiritual side, whatever and wherever that is for you. But everyone I've met from politicians to athletes to business people to, you know, really everyone could always sort of say, you know what, there's something that I believe that, you know, there's a reason why all of this is happening. They didn't all call it the same thing, 
But one of the things that makes people good at change is when you're not afraid to go inside. A lot of your answers are not on the outside. They're not. They're not in any expert, they're not in any speaker, they're not in any workshop, believe me. Most of your answers are on the inside. And we are terrified of going inside because that's when you start hearing the voice, right? We're terrified of going inside. We don't want silence. We'd rather be busy on Facebook and Blackberries and more news and more news and more toxicity than actually taking 10, 15, 20 minutes a day and to actually go inside and just listen to what is coming up for you. Your answers are on the inside, I promise you. Why is that connected to spirituality? My belief is that your intuition, there is a wise part of you that knows the truth. That could be connected to something bigger that you call Buddha or Allah or Jesus or Muhammad or Krishna or whoever it is for you. But there is a higher self part of you. Your lower self is ruling your life right now. The little me is ruling your life. You need to let the higher self take over. And that is about finding that spiritual core, which we all have, we're all born with it, we're all, you know, spirits interacting, uh, interacting with each other. So whatever it takes for you to do that, I have a little meditation sort of quiet area in my apartment, and that is the place I go to and I know I've got to get still. But people who are good at change, they go inside, they check in, how is this feeling? What is my truth? What's important? What am I not feeling or hearing? I certainly did my share of spiritual workshops and the books and the yoga, but it's about getting out of your head and into your body. Your body, there's a natural wisdom and intelligence in your body that's trying to sort of put you back on track. But people who are good at change are not afraid of the silence. They know that a lot of what they're looking for on the outside somewhere is actually coming in from the, in, from, uh, from the inside. Principle number eight, people who are good at change are not alone. You have a change support team, whether you know it or you don't. If you are trying to make a change, find someone who might have already gotten that change. Like I love helping people get out of the corporate world because I've done it, right? And I know how difficult it was and I know how much of an identity I needed to drop. But people who have been through the change, I guarantee you they want to help People who've lost the weight, they want to help other people lose the weight. People who've quit smoking, they want to help other people to quit smoking. You are not alone. Our biggest flaw, really, as human beings is we keep thinking, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone, I'm alone. We are so much more similar than we've ever imagined. So much more similar. We think we're all different. We're all going through a very similar set of changes. One, for one of us, it might be called divorce. And for another one, it might be called, you know, starting a business. But I promise you that the core of what you need to get through change is pretty similar. And every change that you're facing now in your life, it might look like a different change, but you're not showing up naked to the change. You're not. You're not like, oh my God, I'm a brand new person. This is a brand new change. You're showing up with all your beliefs and all your experience and all your strength and all your faith and all your wisdom. Change might look different. You're not different. As you move through that, you can actually take some of these tools with you. So who is on your team? Who is on your team? Write this down. Who is there who not only wants you to change, but believes you can change? I had my share of friends who are like, Ariane, she's never gonna leave the corporate world. Ariane, she's never gonna lose the weight. She's been talking about it for a while, right? Really close friends of mine, really close friends. Those people are friends. They are not my change support team. 
Very different. When I need encouragement, when I'm down and I'm kind of going, oh my God, why have I started a business? I turn to some very different people in my life. You must identify the one, two, three people who really want you to change. And they are not necessarily the people you think they are. They're not necessarily your parents or your husband or partner or your best friend. They aren't. Very often they are people who have no attachment. They are people who love you, adore you, believe in you, but they are not necessarily your closest people. You know that a lot of friends, there's two types of friends. They're friends that get in the hole with you when you're sad and pissed off and angry at the guy for saying something or doing something. And there's friends who basically stay outside of the hole, right, up here, and they go, here's the ladder, I'm gonna coach you up the ladder. Now those are very challenging type of friends, but they are friends that you need around you. It's fine to have a friend to get in the hole with and you know, go drink whatever margaritas with, but it's also great to have some people who are like, oh my God, I need someone to get me up the ladder. So think about who are the people you're surrounding yourself with in your life right now? Are they, people, are they optimists or are they pessimists? Are they, oh my God, the news is all terrible and awful and we're never gonna get out of it? Or is it like, you know what, this is totally a possibility for renewal and new beginnings and anything's possible. Like who are they? Who is on your team? Write it down, who's on my team? Who are my three go-to people for any change that I'm now going through? And it's not about getting rid of the other friends. It's not at all about that. It's just, you know what? You moving through a change is challenging to people. It's about you becoming an example. It's about you becoming an inspiration for people, not a warning. It's about you showing that it's possible. And the problem is when you change, it's a bit challenging for them because then they need to go look at what they need to change. That's why it's upsetting. The other thing is that when people change, the number one thing that they think is gonna happen is it's gonna break connection with you. Suddenly your relationship is gonna look different. So as long as you assure that person that you love them, the relationship is there, it's safe, it's secure, even though you're going off to this brand new career or a radically different relationship, it's the more the connection. It's really not anything else. But really ask yourself, who's on your team? I'm also very big on saying women really need to be on each other's teams, very big. You know, we, there's something about women helping each other out. We are similar, we know how things feel. There's an honesty that comes when women share what's going on. But women need to be on each other's teams. Principle number nine, people who successfully navigate change take action. There's a reason why this is uh, the ninth principle and not the first. Because the actions of change are very easy. The actions of losing weight, very easy. Actions of stopping drinking, very easy. The actions of getting divorced, very easy. The emotions, very hard. It's the emotions that get in the way, it's not the actions. You do not change with more information, I promise you. There is more information to lose weight out there, no one's losing weight. You do not need more information. I did not need any more information to start a business. I went to one of the best business schools in the world. It certainly didn't help me when I was stuck in the emotions of what this meant, right? You do not need more information. You need more inspiration. You need one person to inspire you. You need one story, you need one example. So it's not about the information that we're all craving. It's more about you being inspired and you potentially inspiring someone else. People who are good at change take action. What kind of action? Believe it or not, the number one thing that I found people who were good at change in this category is they took care of themselves. 
They took care of themselves. So I have a little acronym that I'll share with you. It's very simple. The number one thing that goes out the window when you go through change is your health. Guaranteed. You stop sleeping or you sleep too much. You stop exercising. You eat far too much because now you've got some time on your hands and so now you're eating and ice cream. And a lot of people drink. So it's more coffee or more alcohol, right? The, those are the first four things that go out the window when you're going through change. And your body is craving to help you. Your body wants to be on your side. Every morning it wakes up and it goes, ooh, I hope Ariane's gonna be nice to us today, right? <laughs> it does. And your liver says that and every part of you says that. And every day it hopes for a better day and your body is the most optimistic being on the planet. And every day we like, we take out the sleep and we you know, fill it up with stuff that are toxic. And your body is the one that's processing those change demons, those emotions. So if you're going through change, if you're like, tell me one thing I must do, going through change, you must take care of your health. That's it, you don't need to buy my book. Take care, of, take care of your health, that's it. Because when you take care of your health, a whole different thing starts happening. Self-love starts happening, self-gentleness, kindness, you react towards other things differently, you show up in an interview, you're glowing, you're energized, there's a whole other energetic sort of relationship that starts happening. So the acronym is this, SEED, S is sleep, E is exercise, E is eat well, and D is drink water. It's as basic as that. Seed stands for S is sleep, E is exercise, any type, just get up and move. You gotta move those emotions through you. Fear takes over, or anger, or whatever it is, just get up and move, move. Uh, the other E is eating well, whatever that means for you, we can do a whole other workshop on that. And D is drinking water, you must stay hydrated. Every single person in this room is dehydrated, I guarantee you, guarantee. Dehydration causes anger and stress and sadness and emotions and everything else. Just drink water, you gotta keep doing that. Other actions of people who are good at change. They make little decisions. They do not make big decisions. They make little decisions. They take each day at a time. They're present today. They wake up and they go, what can I do today? Small decision. You must bring those decisions down. It's not like I'm gonna you know, change the entire course of my life and these five changes at once. Very overwhelming. The brain needs small decisions. There's research that shows the brain needs to feel safe. The brain needs to know that it can win. So we're gonna lose 100 pounds in a month. The brain goes, uh-uh, no way, we're gonna put on another 20 just to stop you, right? <laughs> it's just the brain needs to know that it can do it. So you gotta chunk those decisions down into small decisions. Other things that help, writing helps, reading helps. Anything that actually can get those, whatever it is that you're going through with change out. Having a plan, having a plan with very reasonable deadlines. You know, I was telling people in the book signing line, one of the things I say when you wanna make a change, be very clear on what you want. Most people are not clear. If I interviewed every single one, I'd say, what's the change you want? What's the change you want? Uh, my weight. Be specific. 40 pounds. Okay, so she knows exactly what she wants. Some people in this room are like, I want a new job, okay? That's not specific. Or I'd like some more money. Or I'd like a relationship. You need to be really laser focused 
right, for the world, the universe, people to start lining up and actually getting you that. You get to control one thing, which is your intention. Every morning you set intentions. I intend to lose weight. I intend to make massive progress to finding this job XYZ that I want and love. You get to control your intention. The things you need to let go of, right, when you get a change, there's always something to let go. You get to let go of how it happens and when it happens. How it happens and when it happens. You need to surrender those two things. Surrender the timeline and surrender how it's going to possibly show up. It could show up in this conference. It should, could show up you know, at the gym. It could show up at any point. It could show up off television. But you get to surrender those two things. But holding your intention, get very, very clear on, on what you want. Another little tool I'll, I'll give you just to sort of finish off. You all have what I call a navigation system inside of you. I call it um, the change GPS. So for a lot of you who have cars, in New York City we don't have cars, but I know that most cars have GPSs. Um, a GPS is a navigational system. And your change GPS every single morning or at any time of the day only ever asks you two questions. Where are you now and where do you want to go? That's it. It doesn't say, Debbie, you ate a giant piece of chocolate cake yesterday. It doesn't. And it doesn't say, Christy, you didn't get out of bed yesterday. Every day, it asks you two questions. Where are you now? Where do you want to go? That's it. There's no guilt. There's no memory. There's no the past kind of hanging over you. There's no, like, the future is going to be oh so terrible. Yesterday, we got stuck in traffic. You made a dumb mistake. You used Times Square instead of 8th Avenue. None of that. Every day, you get to decide. And this is where you set your course every single day with a change. It's not like this you know, giant journey of like, mistakes that you've made up until now. So every day you get to choose your change GPS. As of today, you can say to yourself, where am I now in the area of my weight, in the area of my career, my finances, and where do I then want to go? There's a lot more in the book, as you can imagine, but those are the nine principles of change.